0: this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. So let's pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, because you're good. You're eternally good. There's never been a time where you've not been good. Hallelujah. And you have goodness in store for us today. Hallelujah. Lord, I bless the saints here gathered today that we might know and encounter you. Living Word of God, we welcome you here. (laughs) Living Word of God, we're awake to you now, Lord Jesus Christ. We're awake to you. We've come to encounter you. We've come to encounter you, Jesus, and I thank you that you don't withhold any good thing. Instead, you've got goodness for us. So, Father, I pray that as we gather in one accord, one expression of the body of christ here in the region the lord jesus christ his fame might be made known in the name of jesus i bless you saints to have ears to hear what the spirit of god is saying to the church today and everyone who agreed said amen amen Amen. sit down sit down (laughs) bless god bless god is sarah still here did she rack off again She's gone. Yeah, that was something, wasn't it? When I grow up, I want to be just like her. (laughs) That's something. How about that? You know, I walk into a Christmas decoration shop saying, hey, I'm looking for a costume. They go, oh, yeah, Santa. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Cruel, huh? Cruel. Anyway, anyway. (laughs) Love being here. It's a great honor for me to be here with you. Uh, I love this faith expression. I love it. Can you tell? I don't know if anyone knows me, but you know, I'm in my happy place hanging out with you guys. I love Pastor Ruth and Pastor Chris. I love them. I tell you a lot. You must know it. You've, surely you've figured it out. I'm not going anywhere. I keep showing up here. In fact, I moved in just behind the platform. There's a, there's a little space that I just get to hang out in on, you know, midweek and stuff. That's very cool. Thank you for that. Bit of a bromance happening between myself and Pastor Chris. <laughs> happy to out us both, you know feel like you know I make him look good because you know he's he's thinner than me and funnier and stuff but we hang out and that's good I'm thinking I should get a motorbike license yeah, except it doesn't seem like that will be much use at the moment if you know what I know I'm talking about us pastor Chris about that you having fun on your bike yeah how much points have you got left on you? we talking are we talking about these things we're talking about how many points on our license i don't know if we're talking about that at the moment i'm not talking about that now though who um who knows we're into christmas yeah. yeah we're in the season and light in the darkness what a brilliant thing to be exploring together and how awesome was it just hearing sarah's comments just love that light in the darkness yes christ is the light of the world and then he says that's you lot you carry the light of the world he's in you And you are in Him. Here's some good news for someone today. There is no dirty, dark little place in your life that He is not. He is in you, all of you. He is in all of you, and you are in all of Him. Amen? Hallelujah. That means there's light in you. Poke the person next to you and say, there's light in you. There's light in you. I want to talk about something to do with the light and the Spirit of Christ and His presence, the Holy Spirit in us and I want to explore this question what spirit are you of what spirit are you of you know we're in you've heard the expression the christmas spirit right now if we were up the road in charmy my mate pastor dave Balestri, is at hope you see up there and at hope you see they call him the grinch cuz he's never in the christmas spirit he's like mr Narkey and he plays it up it's his thing but um you know the Christmas spirit is a thing that people are often talking about and you get the music going I mean we've got Canadians staying with us at the moment and there's that they've got the like the the white Christmas stuff that really happens and and so when they hear and Bing Crosby and hearing the white Christmas songs and stuff and then they're sitting here going yeah I don't think so that doesn't really make sense but that's just kind of some of the stuff that happens in Christmas spirit things, right now, the other thing that happens in Christmas spirit things is when, when you've got to get to the shops and you've got to get there in a hurry and you've got to park somewhere real convenient and then there's nowhere to park. And then that righteous thing rises up in you where you are going to get that parking space no matter what. And it just doesn't look at all like lightness, I don't think. <laughs> Am I just talking to myself? <laughs> you know, there's this Christmas. Well, what spirit are you of? What spirit are you of? I wonder if um, in exploring the, the spirit of Christ within us and understanding the gospel, I've shared it here before, I contend strongly that the gospel that we've carried has been too narrow and too small, and that in fact the gospel that Jesus came to bring, he announced it in Mark 1:15. he said these words, the kingdom of God has now come, repent and believe, Amen. The kingdom of God has now come. This is the announcement of good news that Jesus came to bring. In my iPad version of the scripture, it actually says the good news according to Jesus. Now, you will have heard the good news according to a truckload of ideas and a bunch of theologians and some very, very clever teachers as well. And we will have packaged up what the gospel good news is. But according to Jesus, it's this. His kingdom has now come. Now, the good news is is that kingdom is a kingdom of light. Amen. Amen. And when light and darkness intersect, something changes, right? When light and darkness meet and encounter, intersect, something changes and it's not light. Hello? Darkness changes. Darkness is repelled or darkness is transformed into light. Amen. Amen. So anyone hearing good news? The kingdom of light, the kingdom of the sun, the kingdom of God has now come. Isaiah forewarned us, he said 700 years BC, of uh, the increase of his government and his peace, there shall be no end. It is coming, it is arriving, it is advancing, it is increasing, it is expanding, and it has been for millennia. Wow, hallelujah. And, uh, and so we get to be the ones who carry that kingdom carry that light hallelujah um i had the privilege since i've been with you oh there's so much going on isn't there (laughs) who was here on the thursday night when we had that worship encounter night that was fun oh my goodness I was telling some stories. We were in Uganda. I had a team of people with Impact Nations. This is about a month and a half ago now. And we were literally as a team of about 25, 30 people in the streets in Uganda. We were sharing the gospel every day. And every day people were coming to faith. That's a good day, isn't it? Thousands of people came to faith in Christ. Hallelujah. Every day we would pray for the sick and they would be healed every single day thousands of people healed there was one day I think I shared it the other night where we had in our team so many people who were blind that had their eyes opened, that they had full eyesight restored to them we could not keep count of how many there were it's like there's t- nearly 30 people trying to account for dozens and dozens and dozens of people who blind who now see hallelujah because light has come into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, and that light is in you. Poke the person next to you. Tell them again, it's in you. The light of God is in you. Hallelujah. I want to tell you a couple of stories. I forgot to start the timer. All right, five minutes. Here you go. Here we go. Here we go. I want to tell you a couple of stories. I want to tell you about um, being in a shopping center just up the road with a mate of mine, Davo. Davo is bigger than me. I know, hard to believe, but he really is. <laughs> big, big guy who used to run with the bikers, tats all over him. And as rough as guts. And he was one of the most violent people in our country, certainly here on the coast. And Jesus transformed his whole life. He's a gentle giant. He's beautiful. Lovely guy. I'm at the shops with Davo. And, uh, and Davo and I are minding our own business just up the road here at um, what was it, Long Jetty. At the lakeside shopping center, there. And me and Dave are there against kind of near where the wall is, and there's a busyness in the shopping center. And uh, and this guy is walking through the shopping center. And the reason we know is because we're hearing, Aah! ah, ah. I'm hearing this groaning, right? They've got the picture shopping center, busy, loud, noisy bloke walking through, and the shopping, you know, all the shoppers are sort of standing back and like, what's going on here? Ah, ah. Ah, and this guy approaches us and i because there's some seats near us so it's like oh mate come and sit down sit down sit down mate what what's happening can can I can I pray for you you're obviously in pain ah effing no way oh, I don't want your effing prayers I don't want your effing God no didn't kind of go how it goes for Sarah huh <laughs> I'm just telling you what happened in the shopping center up the road. I said, okay, he doesn't want my prayers. He doesn't want my Jesus or my God or anything like that. Mate, what's your name? Daz, Daz is my name. Okay, Daz, um, what can I do for you? And Daz says, get me a gun. I wanna kill myself. It's in the shops just up the road. He's writhing in pain, like he's sweating profusely. He's ah. I said, Daz, I don't have a gun. But I have a prayer. (laughs) Could I please pray for you? Iffen all right. (laughs) That's all you need. (laughs) And I put my hand on his head and I said, "In the name of Jesus, I bind pain in this man." And straight away, straight away, pain left his body. What the f did you do? I said, mate, that's Jesus, and he just was hating to see you suffering like that, and he wanted to give you a gift of healing. He has another gift for you. He wants to come and live on the inside of your life. Could you open your heart to this kind of Jesus? Oh, effing all right. <laughs> I don't know how this stuff works. I really don't. But, but something happened in the shopping center. Now, what I didn't know, Davo's just over here to the side, And Davo says the security from the shopping centre have come over and they've said to Davo, you've got to get your guy away from this man. He's dangerous. He's here sometimes and we have to call the cops. We're going to call the cops. And Davo goes, don't call the cops just yet. Just hold off. (laughs) And what happened was Daz got free of his pain and Daz got Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because light entered the darkness And you are that light. And it just took a, may I pray for you. May I pray for you. Five simple words. May I pray for you. It's so easy. It's so simple. I mean, we were sharing with Impact Nations, the stats are something like between 95 and 97% of Christians will never say those words outside of the church or their home. How easy is this? Friends, we owe the darkness an encounter of light. We owe them them an encounter of the living God. May I pray for you? Here's a guy whose response was pretty frank. Wouldn't you agree? No effing way. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Salvation came. The goodness of God was demonstrated. Light repelled darkness. Now, this guy is living free. Another story, Steve, who called me, oh, it must have been two, three weeks ago now. And Steve is a guy who has kind of got it together. He's got um, properties, he's got means, but he's had a tortured upbringing. His dad was real nasty, real nasty. And so Steve finds solace in drinking, and he came to the Salvos and and sought out care when my wife and I were running the addictions treatment center out in in Duralong. And and he came into our program. The problem is is that he he wanted to get free of his drinking, but he didn't want Jesus. In fact, he didn't want anything to do with God, Jesus, anything to do with church or anything like that. He just wanted to figure out how he could stop drinking. And, and he stayed with us for a few months. This is Steve. And then at the end of it, it was like, this is not working out because you're not actually doing what you're here to do, which is to live a brand new life. And he was doing, you know, stuff that wasn't helpful for his own recovery or others. And so we kind of parted ways. I hadn't seen him for seven years. And then I get a text message. I need to see you urgently. Hmm. Okay. Um, so we arranged to meet at um, Riverside just down the road Riverside Park sitting a cafe down there and Steve sits in the chair with me and straight away he's on the offensive he's like he's just saying things that are provoking and narky, and you know just like aggressive and I'm having the conversation with Steve and we navigate this prickly stuff and I figure out how not to get offended and how not to react to him and how how to somehow be a presence of light for him right And in the conversation, there's this dynamic of to and fro. And and we get to the end of the conversation and I say to him, Steve, here's here's your homework. This is Steve who, in the meantime since I've seen him, has traveled to India and the ashrams to figure out somehow a different way. And gone to, to Indonesia and discovered in Buddhism a bunch of stuff and trying to find a different way but just doesn't want Jesus. I said to him, Steve... I want you to ask, I want you to sit, because he's beachside down at your minor area. And he said, sit on your bench, overlooking the beach. I want you to ask, ask him to come and fill you with love. Ask him to come and fill you with perfect love. Oh, there you go again, he says. There you go again. Why does it have to be God and him and Jesus and your thing? Right? Straight away on the attack. He then told me, one of his favourite moments at being in our treatment centre was when he'd been brought into my office for breaking who knows how many rules and we're having a conversation across my desk and, and he says, and, and, and I, I was in this stuff and, and all you would say is, Steve, Jesus is the only way and I wanted to reach over your desk and punch you in the face. <laughs> and the way he was telling the story, I was convinced he was going to do it to me in the cafe. <laughs> you know those moments when they're so... And I'm thinking, he's going to hit me. <laughs> and uh, and so, like, this is how he feels about Christianity, Jesus, the whole package. And he's got this big offense with why do I have to ask him, him. I said, okay, let's say he is a stumbling block for you at the moment. Let's just put that word over here for the moment. Could you, Steve, could you ask could you ask perfect love to come and fill you with perfect love? Could you do that? Steve's sitting there and I watch his brain. He's interrogating the idea. He's thinking, is this a trick? Is he up to something? What is it? I... There's no God or Jesus. There's no. All right, I can do that. I can do that. I'll give it a go. And so he went home and then the next morning about six o'clock in the morning, I get a text. I did it. I asked perfect love to fill me and it's happened, and I feel free. I feel like I've been set free. I feel completely different. Does anyone here know who perfect love is? (laughs) Anyone? Is it not very, very clear in Scripture that Christ is perfect love? God is love. That's who He is. And not an aberration of love, but pure, perfect love. Do you follow? Now this guy had an objection but as soon as he was open to perfect love who is only understood as a person of Christ because he is his kingdom, his kingdom is a kingdom of light and his kingdom is love. And as he has an encounter with love. Now, I just text him every other day now. How are you going with that? Oh, perfect love is changing my life. This is weeks now. This is a guy who couldn't stop drinking, who had all the means in the world, explored every other way, and is now living transformed. Now, I don't know how this stuff works. I don't know. I just know that my Christ is perfect love. And a man who was desperate enough to ask perfect love into his life is living a different life. And that to me sounds like good news. Amen. Awesome. I'm about ready to preach. Here we go. What spirit are you of? We carry the spirit of Christ. We carry the Holy Spirit. The conversations I shared with you are conversations everyone in this room can have. Every one of you can have those. There's no great bolt of lightning kind of moment. There's no Damascus Road thing. There's no holy anointed guy or anything. It's just having conversations with broken people. And they're everywhere. And one of them happened to be down that end of the road. And one of them happened to be up that end of the road. But they're in your street. And they're in your neighborhood. What spirit are you of? You carry light You carry the spirit of Christ. You do. And when you move into a room, when you move into a situation, when you move into a context of shopping centre somewhere, you change what's going on. Because it's not just you. He is in you and he is light. And light always repels darkness, always. James and John had been walking with Jesus real close. Peter, James, John, the top three, they're the buddies with Christ, yeah? They're the in crowd, and James and John, two out of the top three, are there with Jesus, and Jesus has decided it's time to go to Jerusalem. So he's done three years of training these guys. They're his, his top three. He's schooled them. He's dis- Could you imagine being personally discipled by Christ? I mean, I think that's what it is to walk in the Spirit, by the way. But these guys were personally discipled by the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus has gone, it's time. What do the scriptures say? He set his face like flint towards Jerusalem. It's like, I've got to do this now. And on the way, they get interrupted by a village that happens to be in the way. It's called a Samaritan village. And, you know, Jews and Samaritans aren't having a great little relationship at this point. And the Samaritan village get the idea that three Jews want to walk through their town to get to Jerusalem. And just because they want to go to Jerusalem, they kick up a fuss. No, you're not coming through. You know the story. And Peter and James have this, sorry, James and John have this brilliant idea. <laughs> they lean over to the Messiah and they say, hey, what about, what about we call cool down fire from heaven and we burn up the village? What do you reckon, Jesus? Because look at them, they're a bunch of jerks. They're not doing what we want. They're being rude to us. They won't have, we know who you are. You know, you're going to be king. Surely we can just walk on, let's call down fire from heaven and burn them up. Where did they get that idea from? Well, they got it from the Bible because these guys had studied the Scriptures. And they knew the Scriptures, and they knew in 2 Kings chapter 1, although it wasn't called that back then, that, that um, there was a prophet called Elijah who was having a bad day. And Elijah was sitting up on a mountain, and the king decided that Elijah needed to come and visit with him. The king needed to inquire of the prophet Elijah, and so the king sends a captain of 50 and he's 50 to go collect the prophet, the man of God. The captain of 50 and his 50 arrive at the mountain. And they say, man of God, come down. The king has need of you. And Elisha, being a good God-fearing Jesus-following Christian, said, um, if I am a man of God, <laughs> if I'm a man of God, let fire from heaven fall and burn you you're 50. and your 50. And that's exactly what happened. Burn them alive. And so then the king gets a message about this. He says, all right, all "Right, we need another, another plan. Another 50 and the captain, off you go. Same thing happens. Another captain of 50 and his 50. Man of God, the king has need of you. Come down from your mountain. If I am a man of God, let fire from heaven fall. And it did consume the lot of them. So you know the definition of insanity. You know, keep doing the same thing over and over. Expect a different result. Well, you know, imagine being the third captain of 50. (laughs) You guys know the story, right? You're just going, how would you go at this one? Like, oh, I've got to take another one for the team? Really? Marshmallows? Anyway, and so, so the captain of 50 and his 50 arrive at the foot of the mountain. The strategy is different. The captain goes up the mountain. He's down on his knees and he says, man of God. Let the lives of me and my 50 be precious in your sight. It's a different approach, isn't it? (laughs) Stand down here and tell them, come on down. (laughs) Let our lives be precious in your sight. And the Bible says at that point, an angel of the Lord appears and says, Hey, Elijah, go with them. (laughs) Quit being a grumpy jerk and go with them. That's my paraphrase. Actually... In a number of occasions throughout Old Testament scriptures when you read the angel of the Lord often and in this case this is suggested as one of them it's actually a Christophany it's the person of Christ All right when you read the angel of the Lord in this context it, the, the early church fathers believed that was a the presence of Christ sometimes it's an angel Sometimes it was Christ. On this occasion, they suggest that. Whether it's an angel, whether it's Christ, I'm not going to you on that. What I do know is that God intervenes in some way, shape or form with a grumpy prophet and says, stop killing people. Stop burning people alive. It's not good. But see, James and John, back to the story, they know that it's okay to call down fire from heaven if you're not getting your own way except they've been discipled by jesus for three years and we know it's close because they're heading to jerusalem jesus hasn't got much more way of pointers to give them and jesus says to the two you do not know what spirit you are of Can you imagine being personally discipled by Jesus for three years and Christ is ready to head to the cross and he says to you, you don't even know what spirit you're of. And it just struck me because the spirit of the world He's always looking for violence. He's always looking for how can I use my words, my tongue, my language? How can I, how can I, um, you know, bring about a, a, a disruption to to oneness even in the body of Christ? How can I, how can I frustrate the this gloriously advancing kingdom of light? The darkness is always looking for the strategy, and uh, and Christ is saying. <laughs> You do not know what spirit you're of. And I don't know about you, but that's sobering to me, that I could have walked intimately, arm in arm with Jesus for three years and still have in me some stuff that is of the world and not of him. And friends, here's where I want to land this morning. I know we're sort of done for time, but I would love to pray for people. And I want to pray this simple prayer. I want to ask that the Holy Spirit would come and fill you again with his love, with his presence, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. William Booth is the founder of the Salvation Army. And in 1860-something, he said, You know, success in soul winning is dependent upon one great truth in the kingdom, in the economy of grace, and that is a Pentecostal baptism in the Holy Ghost. And then he said, plead that baptism every hour as you must. There's a lesson for you, Pentecostals. That's hard to do. That's really hard to do. I challenge you, get your phone out and set an alarm for every hour. And literally stop and pause and go, come on, Holy Spirit, fresh baptism right now. Fill me up to overflow. And imagine we were living lives so outpoured in love, so outpoured in prophetic grace, so outpoured in signs and wonders, in healings, in in ministry, in evangelism. Imagine our lives were so poured out that we couldn't get to 59 minutes and 59 seconds without going, Oh God, Holy Spirit, fill me again. That's a good day for the church. And friends, I reckon this Christmas has the potential to be completely unlike any other Christmas for us as the people of God. Imagine every one of us, hour by hour by hour, baptised anew in the Holy Ghost, ready to go again with an announcement, the kingdom of God has come. Ready ready when people are struggling with stress and anxiety and worry, ready with an answer of there's a kingdom of peace for you. You know, ready when when people are wrestling with don't want your God, don't want your Jesus, but they actually are ready for an encounter of Him they just didn't realise. Imagine a church so filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> not the spirit of the world, not what James and John were functioning in. Let's come and burn them up because they don't agree with us. Not that. No, no. A fresh Pentecost upon each one of us every hour. What are we in? Mid-November, end of November, all the way through December. Roll all this thing right through beyond Christmas Day. I tell you what, it had changed the whole Central Coast. Probably a bit more. There'd be a move of God on. William Burr said this. He said, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. Now, you can sit there and go, what an arrogant so-and-so. But it's the truth because Christ is in him and Christ is in you and the light of the world is in you and the light of the world was in him. And so when you show up, you change the possibilities and you become a move of God. So going to invite the worship team to come and help us. And if you're hungry, I want to invite you to stand where you are now. I'm going to invite people to come forward. And we're just going to – I'm not going to dilly-dally around. We haven't got a heap of time. But I just want to – impart whatever grace is present to to share the gospel to announce the gospel and to release evangelism in this faith community that it would just be may i pray for you just flow off our lips the fresh baptism of the spirit would be in every hour thing we would be people so poured out father in the name of jesus i thank you for this great assembly of kingdom champions today lord i thank you that your presence is with us i thank you that you are present here living word of god i thank you for. the promised outpouring of the Spirit of God. I thank You for a new Pentecost right now today, Lord. I thank You, Father, that You choose, You desire, You look forward to filling Your people with a new Spirit of the outpouring of Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're ready to receive from You. Friends, why don't you come? Why don't you come? If you want a fresh Pentecostal baptism of the Spirit of God, I just want to pray for you now. Just come, come, come as we worship. Why don't you come? Thank you.